is up, fools? Welcome to the QTR Podcast. Got a good one for you today. A couple days after the 420 holiday. How about that? I hope everybody had a lovely time and everybody's recovered. Sunshine and rainbows, ladies and gentlemen. This podcast, like all of my podcasts, is brought to you by my friends over at JM Bullion. JM Bullion is my exclusive gold and silver provider. If you noticed, gold and silver are finally catching a little bit of a bid here. Over the last week, which has been nice, gold up from uh, about 1700 now back up pushing 1800 while the rest of the market spazzes out and tries to figure out which direction it wants to go in. If you're looking to buy bullion, there's no better place than JM Bullion. They've been in business for over 10 years now. They've done over $3 billion in sales. It's the only place that I have ordered gold and silver bullion from since uh, finding them and since uh, striking up our little friendship here. When I want to buy gold and silver, I email Laura, L-A-U-R-A, at jmbullion.com. It can be better than going on the website because you get personalized service, especially if you've never ordered gold or silver bullion before. Laura will walk you through the process. She does a great job keeping you informed about what they have in stock. They have a wonderful stock. They turn around these orders very quickly. So if you ever thought about gold and silver, JM Bullion would be the place that I would recommend. What do you think about that? Their link is in my podcast description. This podcast is also brought to you by my friends over at the Sangluchi Steam Room. The Sangluchi Steam Room and the Wall Street Jesus Steam Room, whatever the hell you want to call it, the guys are my friends. It's a beautiful piece of software that helps track unusual options activity and flow in the markets. It is a proprietary piece of software that these guys have worked on for nearly almost a decade now. It is top class. These guys were the first people on the street to start tracking unusual options activity electronically. Wall Street Jesus is the guy that pioneered the term sweepers. Nobody nobody had ever said that before, before Wall Street Jesus. That was almost 10 years ago. Now that is industry standard lingo for uh, options sweeps, for when somebody comes in, takes a big whack of options. And so these guys are way ahead of the curve, as is the Sanglucci Steam Room, their software. My favorite, aesthetically beautiful, does the job, can easily pay for itself if you don't use it like a herb. And the guys at Wall Street Jesus and Sanglucci will give you a free trial, uh, 30 days, I believe. And now it's on record 30 days, so they have to give you 30 days because I said so. Uh, Just reach out to them. Their links are also in my podcast description. They would love to hear from you. They are friends of mine, and so they will be eager to help you out. This podcast also brought to you by my friend George Gammon over at Rebel Capitalist Pro. I did just have to miss a podcast with George Gammon and Dave Collum the other day. Um, But it's a wonderful podcast, so I recommend checking it out. George's platform, Rebel Capitalist Pro, I'm sorry, that he has with Chris McIntosh and Lynn Alden is fantastic. The three of them make themselves available for live Q&As, something that I don't have the patience or the time to do on a weekly basis, nor do I have the knowledge to do it, so that works out even better. Um, They also have a wonderful forum where Lynn and Chris and George share their portfolios. They get in-depth into what it is that they're investing in, what their reasoning is, um, and they look at the world through the same macro lens that we do. They're just much smarter than I am. So you can catch me on the Rebel Capitalist Pro forums if you're ever over there. George has Rebel Capitalist Live coming up this summer, which I think is going to be in Miami. 
And George has been an enormous success. I don't know what the hell else to say, except he's got like a trillion YouTube followers, and uh, he's a hell of a nice guy to boot. So uh, George will also give you a free trial. Check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. That link is also in my podcast description. This podcast also brought to you by The Trader's Path, which is one of my favorite day trading communities. If you're looking for daily watch lists, live streams, somebody to bounce ideas off of on a daily basis, my friend Pete Hedgetus started The Trader's Path because he got tired of the bullshit that comes with other trading services. So he said, I'm going to start my own. Kind of like how I got sick of financial media and said, I'm going to start my own podcast where I can say whatever the fuck I want because certain news networks refused to have me on even when their anchors were asking me a lot of questions about things so that they could get the facts right on air, but then they wouldn't put me on air. So I said, you know what? I'm going to put myself on air. And that's what Pete did too with his trading platform. Fuck you guys. I'm taking my ball and I'm going home and I'm starting my own trading platform. That is called... The Trader's Path. He will also hook you up with a free trial. Just tell him QTR sent you. Come on. This podcast also brought to you by Corvus Gold. My friends at Investors Underground, Ken R., Chris B., Nicholas Parks, Matthew Zimmer, shipping analyst Jay Mintzmeyer, Russ Valenti, Crichton Titus, my friend Camila Soul, and some of my newest patrons, the people that have signed up recently. Thank you so much. GMP, what's up? Bordoni, I appreciate you very much, my friend. Justin Wilson and Julie Bissett. Thank you. Daniel Roby, Bretton Woods, and Matthew Allen. How about some people like Phil Bach and Kyle Funk that have signed up semi-recently? And even a little bit further back, Robert Blumen and Dave Swingle. Thank you for your support. Brian Zussi, you guys are the shit. I can't believe you guys support me on Patreon. I wouldn't support me, but you guys are lovely for doing that. David Greiner, Mike Gallup, Mike Ackerman, Andre Korzunski, you guys are the shit. Before I get started, this podcast has a three-drink minimum. Count it. One, two, three. Take them to the face and as a reminder, I'm an idiot. Most of my guests, well, today, I'm not going to say anything bad about the guests. I'm an idiot, though. That's all you need to know. And I'm not a financial advisor, and this is not financial advice. And, uh, you know, my guest isn't a financial advisor. He's not giving financial advice either. We're just two people getting together to talk about shit together as friends for the purposes of open dialogue, etc., etc., etc. I hold no licenses, no registrations, etc. Please, <clears throat> final <clears throat> reminder... If you listen to anything I or my guest says, you will wind up in total financial ruin. With that being said, <laughs> hello, I have Mark Spiegel on the line. How are you, sir? Hey, good to see you. It's uh, it's been or good to hear you. It's been a while actually since we've done this thing. I mean, we had some interactions. I I, I made a joke about you and your mom, which really bothered you. But other than that, uh, we haven't spoken in a while. <laughs> you know, by the way, you know, I thought about that. And, and the thing is, I was not at all mocking your mom. I would never make fun of somebody's mother unless just doing that but it was actually a joke about you but somehow like just it just rubbed you the wrong way so i didn't like it yeah i didn't like it so i just said you know take it down that you was know what? It. I, I crossed the line with you i crossed the the filial maternal line and i, I guess and so. I, paid, I paid the price you told me you blocked me for like a minute yeah so. i was i wasn't happy when you put it up and then I like, yeah. then I got over it, you know, look, yeah. I support everybody's right. Should we tell everyone, should we tell everyone what the joke was so they know no. what we're talking about? No, that's the whole point of fucking <laughs> me asking you to take it down. The whole point is I don't want to broadcast on the internet, but listen, you can say, you can say whatever you want. All right. I am not, I'm not telling you what to say and what not to say. And if you, you know what I mean? I support your right to put whatever the fuck you want on the internet and that's fine. I, all I said was I reached out and I said, I think that's in poor taste. You, you can leave it up if you'd like. Maybe it's just because it was my mother. I was pissed off about it. You know what I mean? But maybe it, I just read it the wrong way. It's tough sometimes when you're trying to read something and you, you don't get the tone properly. 
But you could have you could have very well left it up, and then I would have just said, "All right, well now I know something about Mark, you know." But I look, I came to you, I was like, "Hey, I think that's." But, but I do. But in all seriousness, and of course, I took it right down when you asked me the second time. Um, but <laughs> I, took, I, took, I, took, I took it right down when you asked me the second time. But um, but in all seriousness, I just wanted you realize that was a joke about you and not about your mother. I thought somehow you were thinking I was joking about your mom, but I wasn't. Your mom actually seems very very cool in in some of those she you is. know texts that you that you posted between you and her. You she know? is very cool, and she would yeah. she would have totally been okay with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't. I don't think she would have had an issue with it, but I don't know. For some reason, it, it struck that, a chord fine. with me that, at, at the moment when I read it. So then I was like, "All right, you know, just fucking take it down." And if you want to leave it up, then leave it up. I don't care. No, but I, just, no, no. I asked you politely. I was like, "Hey, you know what? It just rubs me the wrong way." And you said, "No problem. I'll take it down." Yeah, I just wanted you to know that I was actually goofing on you and, and not your mom. So well, okay, I fine. appreciate that, and that's fine. You can goof on me uh, anytime you want. Yeah. Anyways, on to other business. You know, it's funny. It was I was. I, I was almost going to text you, you know, hey, like, let's not discuss that on the podcast. Because the whole point was for me. <laughs> well, the, the whole point was, what did I say to you? I'm like, dude, my mom listens to you on the podcast. Like she gets a, you know, she gets a laugh from you, whatever. And I, I wouldn't want her to see that and like think it's distasteful. And now here we are. We spent the first five minutes of the podcast talking about it anyway. So it's just like, fuck, you know. But, what, you know, I don't know. Anyways. You have no idea how, how many bad taste jokes I actually kill that I know the jokes would kill and and even I will not do those jokes so um you mean there's yeah. a you mean you actually have a filter yes. you have you actually have a filter before the bilge that you put on your fucking Twitter account makes its yes. way up there that's the good yes. stuff is that what you're telling me <laughs> <laughs> that's the stuff that made the cut <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes literally yeah literally I mean at least every 15 minutes there's a joke I did not <laughs> uh, well, listen, I, I just want to make it clear that I'm I'm I fully support everybody's right to say whatever they want. This is not like a I, this is not a free I mean, speech issue. This, right this was just a friend. You know, this is yeah. like a friendship issue. You know what I yeah. mean? I consider yeah. you a friend of mine. And so as a friend, I, I said to you, hey, just like anybody would if, you know, their friend had uh, said something that they that rubbed them the wrong way and that's it so yeah. we squared it and let's move on because we got plenty of other things to talk about and i know we don't have a lot of uh well we don't have an extraordinary amount of time but we do have some time uh first off what the hell is going on in china with elon musk because the last time i remembered things mark Things looked like sunshine and rainbows in China. There was this place called Shanghai. It was a mystical place, <laughs> right, where the company, and it was doing all these great things for the company. It was allowing them to, you know, churn out all these vehicles. Uh, it was, you know, a constant, you know, they, they had, you know, these great, what many people thought were too good to be true deals with the Chinese government in terms of getting set up and getting running and getting financing. And, oh, man. Everything was going Elon Musk and Tesla's way when it came to China. Now, all of a sudden, is it me or does it feel like the country's tone toward Tesla is changing a little bit? Or am I imagining things? Well, obviously, you're not imagining it. So, um, look, I, here's here's what I think is, is going on. I think China kissed Musk's ass initially Um for for a few reasons, but the main reason was they thought he had some technology that would be worth stealing, 
right? Because they're thinking, well, here's a chance, you know, we'll leap ahead in batteries because our cars trail everybody, you know, our gasoline cars trail everybody. Well, they probably learned that he doesn't have any technology <laughs> worth stealing, you know? They probably saw, you know, the Taycan and, and, and the Mustang Mach-E and the, and these new Hyundais coming out and, you know, and, and the Audis and, and, and all those other cars and, and even what GM's going to have in a year or two. And, and they probably said, well, wait a second, you know, we got duped. You know, we, we, yeah. we were like test lemmings for So they, A, they, they don't need him. Okay, that's my first point. My second point is that, um, look, every culture uh, wants to be able to, to channel protests and anger and just let off steam in some possible way. Well, in China, you can't do that against the government, right? So the government is instead channels, uh, you know, um, um, citizen anger, consumer anger towards businesses, right? That's the outlet so that, so they're hoping it won't go to the government. So here's, here's the convenient outlet is Tesla because they do treat their customers like shit. They are arrogant. And so it's, the, it's those two things. The government doesn't need Tesla and they do need their people to be able to vent so that they don't vent at the government. And, and Tesla is, is in those crosshairs, I believe. What's interesting is I remember reading a couple of months ago that all of the operations at Tesla Shanghai, that it was starting to operate less like a subsidiary of Tesla and more like its own independent Chinese entity. For instance, I think they had changed all of the, you know, the manuals and the emails and everything over to, over to Mandarin from English. And they had installed, I think, the woman that they put in in the PR spot at Tesla Shanghai, I think, is a former CCP, um, you know, <laughs> did PR for the state. And I, I noticed that. And I thought, man, that's it. That's got a feel to it. I'm not saying China's trying to steal their intellectual property, but I'm saying if they were going to, that would be like, that would be the feel it would have to it. That's what they would do, right? They would kind it's, of separate it, the... Go ahead. It, it's it's obvious that 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 uh, China will steal whatever IP it can, right. you know? And by the way, you know, like the U.S. might steal IP too if it could, if it could get away with it, you know, not, you know, but but at any rate, it's obvious that they do. And and so it, that's not even a question. But I think it's also obvious, if you know the Tesla story well enough, that there's no IP there worth stealing. Right. You know? So, but China didn't know that initially. So, and, oh, and, you know, the other, the other reason they... They, they bent over backwards initially for Tesla is they wanted to make it sort of a showcase company of in order to lure, you know, other foreign companies, right. into, you know, to create jobs and also probably to pr provide other IP that could be stolen. You know, I mean, come on. I mean, how many people work for, for Tesla in China? I honestly don't know the answer. You know, is it 5,000? Is it 10,000? Is it is it 15,000? Whatever it is, you can't tell me in, in those thousands or tens of thousands of people the, the the communist party did not stick in you know 50 or 100 ip stealers you know right. I mean, come on so you know so yeah that's what that's what went on and basically they don't need him now is what it comes down to and and i think it's especially and i just, i tweeted about it actually shortly before we started this 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 thing that like, you know, Tesla put out these statements. We are cooperating with all Chinese regulators, I'm paraphrasing, and doing everything they want us to do. This is the same company that tells U.S. regulators to go fuck themselves. Yeah, Every that's interesting. Regulator, right? down, to a, down to a person, you know? So it's just mind-boggling, um, you know, the, the difference and, and, and what a scumbag this guy is. I mean, these, these two guys get killed, 
you know, in, in, in that accident. And, and he's and he, he doesn't even he doesn't even say they have our condolences. This right. is a terrible tragedy. You know, he doesn't even mention that. I mean, he's just a sociopathic scumbag. And, and well, what's you know, interesting is China, you know, can really put pressure on him. Right. They need China because they need they need to be able to count the production out of that factory. They need they to be need able the to U.S. Operate. too. But I, I know. I know. But here's my point. <laughs> My point yeah. is that you know once they've put the slightest bit of pressure on him, they've they've caved, right? Like they've he's just Musk has just caved, and so I I think if U.S. regulators understood that they're really in the position of leverage, you know if if this you know Musk needs this to work you're, out, he needs. You're assuming to- that U.S. regulators want to put leverage on him. If they did, they would have done it already. It's it's there's obviously something going on with Musk and pretty much every regulatory agency there is. And I don't know if it's you know, I don't know if it was at the very top where he had something on Trump and Trump told, you know, every regulator, you know, lay off this guy. And 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 so, you know, nothing got done, you know, all the way down, you know, or I don't know if he co-ops people individually, Musk, you know, with his black cube people or some other way. I mean, who the hell knows? But. You, you know, there's, there's, there's. I mean, <laughs> it's a pretty good metaphor for Tesla. When there's this much smoke, there's fire, right? So there's, there's obviously something going on. I have no idea what it is. I mean, it would sound kind of crazy, but on the other hand, you know, there's piles and piles of evidence, and nothing gets done. I mean, it's either that, or there's just some massive, you know, behind the scenes thing going on. I mean, look, I have another theory about this also, which, although it doesn't explain the NHTSA stuff, I mean, you know, that was kind of explained by, you know, uh, Trump probably protecting Musk for some reason. One day, maybe we'll find out why. And then, of course, there was that fanboy engineer who was who was uncovered right on here on Twitter, um, you know, at the NHTSA, who was like a fanboy and loving Musk and all that. And he was like the guy who was supposed to be deciding whether something got recalled or not. Right. I think that was on the suspensions. So, you know, so that so there was that going on. But it's just like there's there has to be something deeper for some reason why this guy is not getting regulated by anybody. You know, or as I started to say, the other theory I have is. You know, maybe maybe people know, at least on the legal end, like the DOJ or the SEC or whatever, that this guy has has demonstrated that he will not admit to anything. He will spend, you know, tens of millions of dollars on lawyers and and tie cases up for years and years and years and years. And maybe and maybe like these these federal prosecutors are like, you know, fuck it. You know, I'll be long gone by the time this thing ever gets to court. So why bother? Maybe he's just intimidating them basically with you know, with a bunch of lawyers, you know? Yeah, it's just crazy. He seems like he's bulletproof, which is just... I, well, he's I, not. I, he's not. I and, just, and, and no one is. And and they all go down in the end. And, you know, he has... And, and the, the, the thing that's going to work against him is that there's this Democratic administration that that hates people who treat workers like cannon fodder, which Musk does, they hate people who treat who treat customers like cannon fodder, which Musk does, and they hate people who are really rich. So I have I have no doubt that 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 we'll see you know something different under Biden's administration than we saw under Trump's administration when it comes to regulating Musk. But that said, you know NASA just gave him this contract last week. But of course, if you read the story about the contract, a 
It said he way underbid everybody else, which means SpaceX will lose money on this, likely, the way it loses money, apparently, on everything else. And then I think it said something like, if I read this right, that NASA didn't have the money budgeted this year, so SpaceX is, like, giving them payment terms or something like that. Well, it's just the whole thing is just baffling. I mean, you know, I thought when he donated to the Republican Party and once he made this big stink about COVID— that he was going to lose his support on the left. And he hasn't. He just hasn't lost, you know, Nancy, yes, he Nancy, has. Nancy Pelosi's husband is buying Tesla call options. Okay, well, so he, okay, he so... hasn't, the fucking Speaker of the House, who's a Democrat, her, she's buying Tesla stock, okay? So he hasn't lost his support. He hasn't lost his support with the government. You know, Biden wants to go out, you know, and spend however many trillion dollars on infrastructure for EVs. I mean, money we don't have for projects that don't make sense to enable people that lie. I mean, it's just, and and they're fine with it. They just, they don't do any in-depth well, due diligence about it at all. It doesn't matter because the fucking money is just a free-for-all at this point. So, you know, just print it and just fucking dole it out. It's like the PPP loans. <laughs> just flood the system with money. It's just insane. It is insane. And in the interim, you continue to have incident after incident after incident where these cars are, there was another one, Tesla charts put up this morning from a dash cam in China where the car fucking flew down the highway and into the back of a truck, even though it's yeah, brake yeah, lights from. Yeah, he got that from me, and I got that from somebody who, 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 uh, who DM'd it to me, and you're right. I just want to take a step back. Um, Pelosi is a corrupt, uh, dirty piece of shit, okay? Maybe not explicitly corrupt, you know, maybe she's not taking bribes, but, you know, clearly she and her husband talk and 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 her husband going out and buying those Tesla call options, you know, and all. I mean, so how you know, about buying how about buying the Microsoft call options before the, the like three days three days before contract. the enormous billion dollar government contract was announced? Yeah. Give me a fucking yeah, break. Yeah, she, she's she's a filthy, phony human being. There's no question about it. Um, however, Should be he has cattle lost, futures next. He he has lost. Let's call it the non-capitalist liberals. So, you know, because as I see, you know, I, I have a bunch of tweet deck columns and one of my tweet deck columns is on Tesla News. And and I see the tweets from the, the Robert Wrights of the world, obviously, and the Sanders and 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 the and, and, and you know, all these famous actresses who are total libtards. And, and they all hate Elon Musk now. I mean, they, they the, he has lost the left now. Has he lost the government? OK, that was your point. That's a good question. You know, as long as Pelosi is cashing in on him, maybe he hasn't lost the government. So, you know, maybe losing the left who's not in the government doesn't mean anything. I don't know. Nothing means anything anymore, Mark. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no I hear you. I mean, look look at the stock anything. yesterday. I mean, I mean, um, you know, um, Tommy Thornton from Hedge, Hedge Fund Telemetry is a friend of mine, and, and you know who he is, too. Um, you know, he tweeted it yesterday, and other people have been tweeting every day that people are literally burning tens of millions of dollars a day in call option premium to keep to to pump up Tesla stock, right? Now, who's going to do that with this massive onslaught of horrible news that hit this stock in the last five days? It I just mean, doesn't make sense. Well, we we all suspect, we all suspect, but you know, we're not the people who can prove it. That let's just say it's close friends of the company, <laughs> right? So you know, if maybe the SEC will look into that, maybe it won't. I don't know. I mean. The problem with the problem with the SEC now is, I mean, we know the last guy was a total fucking joke. Um, um, uh, you know, Jay Clayton, right? I mean, he was a he was the he was an SEC lawyer. Uh, you know, as a um, 
you know, a, he, you know, he was the guy who was like on the Alibaba IPO or whatever. I mean, he was just a piece of shit. But but the problem with the new guy Gensler, who had a lot of people said was very good. Apparently, he owned only one individual stock that he sold before he took the job. Tesla. Oh, and is so, that right? Yeah. So literally, he owned like I don't know whatever he owned, mutual funds or ETFs. And Tesla, right? So this is the fucking guy now running against the. I don't know. I hope that doesn't bias him or the people under him. I mean, I would I have don't know. to. I, you know what? I watched one of Gensler's uh, MIT lectures a couple weeks ago on uh, yeah. blockchain, and he really seems like a very sharp guy. And look, uh, the guy was like a Goldman partner, right? You don't get to be a Goldman partner by being a dummy. And you know, he, unless yeah, your father got, is high in the. He has a reputation. Ha- all right, all right. Who's talking? Me or yeah. you? Go ahead. Sorry, no. Go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I was just saying he's got a reputation. I just pulled up this article uh, real quick from uh, Zero Hedge. This is from January of uh, this year, so a couple months ago. But um, uh, about Gensler, uh, you know, it says his arrival will likely be a stark difference from the last four years of Jay Clayton as Gensler's resume includes going to war with major financial titans when he was head of the Commodity Futures Trading Commission and winning. Financial lobbyists sometimes simply called him the enemy, during the Dodd-Frank battle, Justin Slaughter, a consultant at Mercury Strategies, said, The sheriff is coming to the preeminent financial regulator in the world. It means regulation and enforcement are about to get much tougher. And, yeah. on a side note, didn't they They just enabled a bunch of other uh, lawyers there to commence enforcement actions that previously weren't allowed to. So, I'm, I'm yeah. cautiously optimistic about it. Well, uh, you know, maybe in general, you, you and we can be cautiously optimistic, but specific to Tesla. Okay, so... I believe it was 2018 when Musk faked, you know, the largest fake buyout in history with the 420 tweet. I do remember you know, that. Right. And the, so the fact that Gary Gensler was willing to own stock run by that guy in the year 2020, that scares me. Well, yeah, but you don't, you don't know his reasoning. I mean, you don't know. What, what reasoning could there possibly be to, 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 to I mean, obviously he thought it was going up. But right. if he was willing to own stock, he thought was going up, that was run by a total lying scumbag. I mean, that, you know, I don't know. I mean, I would love to talk to Gary and say, Gary, you're a smart guy. You crack down on all this crap that goes on. How could you own stock by a guy who did that? I'd love to hear what he says. You know, I don't know the answer. It's a fair question. I think now that he's sworn in, I'm going to judge him based on uh, on what he does now that he's sworn in. So I'm, ca- I'm cautiously optimistic about him. <laughs> But, yeah. but we'll see. Certainly, he, he cannot be any worse than Clayton. <laughs> certainly, the SEC laid down with with the rest of this must stuff. I mean, they they yeah. were they were light handed on the um on the four twenty thing, and then when Musk violated the the settlement agreement, you know, continually he, he he didn't you know he hasn't really paid the consequences for that. And then he comes out you know on sixty minutes and says, "I do not respect the SEC." And then he writes, "Suck Elon's cock" on Twitter right. to the SEC. Right. I mean, right. and that's just like. You know, at, at some point, that, that's and like when, that's like when somebody's talking shit to you, Mark, and you know you're gonna fucking lose the fight because the guy's bigger and tougher and just a, a more badass than you are. But he just reaches that point where he's just talking so much shit that you just have to throw one good shot and then take the ass whooping because you just can't <laughs> listen to it anymore. You know what I mean? It's like we're at that spot, right? He's just got to take a swing at him now. He's just he's using them as a fucking punching bag. Well. I mean, look what happened. Subse- look at all the frauds and the scams that happened subsequent to to the SEC treating him with clip, kid gloves in 2018. And of course, we all knew that's exactly what would happen, right? We knew it. 
So, you know, I mean, the SEC, by not coming down hard on him, you got Nicola, right? I mean, you got all kinds of other crap. You got all these spacks of bullshit that, that good guys like, you know, like Hindenburg and, and Muddy Waters and these guys just take apart, right? And, and so that's, that's, I put that right on Jay Clayton, you know? And hopefully we have a different SEC, you know? I mean, look, I had one dealing with the SEC years ago. I found them to be extremely fair and straightforward. You know, yeah. they, 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 you know, it was like a random sort of audit of my performance back when my performance was really good. And, and I said, listen, I don't need a lawyer. I don't want to spend the money. Whatever you guys want, you got it. And within like 48 hours, I sent them every damn thing they wanted. They didn't have to do anything. And, you know, three weeks later, they thank you very much, uh, Mr. Spiegel, for your cooperation. We appreciate blah, blah, blah. I mean, I'm sure, they're, I'm sure that they are good guys who are trying to do a good job. And, you know, you don't give them a hard time. They're not going to give you a hard time. And that's why this Musk thing just astounded me, because he gave them the yeah. ultimate time you know yeah i i mean they must feel like their hands are tied a little bit because i'm i'm the same way i mean i've had limited interactions with with the sec but the lawyers i've spoken to there on very you know fringe occasions about you know certain things where you know they need uh, information on something or you got to provide whatever i mean any type of like and my interactions have not been as direct as yours they've been very fringe and very kind of like off you know uh, off the cuff kind of like stuff but i found them to be very professional and, uh, yeah. and very smart and very capable and so i think it could just be a an issue of them being under resourced and maybe <clears throat> just feeling like that you know perhaps they're a bit under resourced hopefully the biden administration you know allocates more uh, more resources to them which i'm sure i don't know if he's going to but that would certainly be in the in ye old democratic playbook wouldn't it well, yeah, so, you know, it's one thing to be under-resourced, and that's maybe why they didn't find out about this, um, you know, Bill Huang's hedge fund leverage, right, until it cropped up. I, I, I sympathize with them being under-resourced, but it wasn't a resource issue with Musk. I mean, he, that was plain as day. That was clearly Jay Clayton stepping on people, and, and you know, Jay Clayton obviously directed that and, and let Musk, you know, get off. And, you know, look, I mean, as you know, we talked about before NHTSA, NHTSA and Trump probably telling, you know, the, the NHTSA people to lay off Musk for whatever reason. And, and one day we'll find out. But I'll tell you something. If the NHTSA is filled with with engineers who really genuinely care about saving lives and people's safety and whatever, then some of them should have fucking called up the press and stood up and talked about this. And if I, they got fired for it. They got fired for it. So as far as I'm concerned, NHTSA is a bunch of fucking cowards, okay? NTSB, on the other hand, are a bunch of terrific, brave, uh, you know, engineers. They did their studies, and, and they gave recommendations to NHTSA, which were completely ignored. And as you remember, NTSB actually held a press conference to highlight how dangerous Tesla Autopilot was and how the NHTSA was blatantly ignoring its recommendations. So I commend NTSB and NHTSA are a bunch of cowardly, corrupt scumbags, as far as I can tell. Well, a, a couple people said it over the last week, and I forget who, but I read it in more than one place, that what is it going to take for the NHTSA to wake up? What is it going to take? What is it going to take? You know, yeah. the Hyundai yeah. Konas are not spontaneously combusting into flames. Well, actually, they were, and, and Hyundai recalled them. Is that right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, it, you know, you don't you don't see them like Tesla. They weren't as bad. But there was a fire problem, 
uh, with the Hyundai Kona. And what did Hyundai do? It recalled them, and and it's sharing the cost with LG to fix them. Right. You know, and they're just they just did it right. And you know, these idiot fucking moron Tesla lemmings go well. You know, this company got recalled, and that company got recalled. Yes, of course, you can't avoid recalls if you're building millions of cars. The point is, they did recall them, right? They didn't say, oh, it's our customer's fault for incinerating himself, not in the driver's seat, uh, when I went on 60 minutes with no hands on the steering wheel, right? I mean, you know, that's... That's that's the even bigger danger is this full self-driving and autopilot, and always has been. Always has been. If you watch those full self-driving beta videos, that car has no fucking that car has no fucking clue what to do. And the fact that people are sharing on Instagram photos of themselves, you know, in the back seat, <laughs> in the passenger seat, that yeah. that just takes on a life of its own. And then you have an unfortunate incident like this one in Houston that just happened, where somebody said, I think it was the local constable or something, said that they had witness testimony. That the two guys in the car had said before they went out yes. that they wanted to test the autopilot system yeah, or they wanted yeah. to they wanted to use the driverless and then Musk comes out and tweets, Oh, well, early data shows that autopilot was not enabled. Yeah. And it's just like yeah, so far. Yeah. Our logs so far, which means they had no logs, you know. <laughs> and by the way, you know, these people who go, well, we want to independently get the logs from Tesla and study them. I mean, you hear this after every accident. I mean, do you fucking believe for one minute that this guy wouldn't tamper with the logs? I mean, the guy's a pathological liar. Of course, he, if he thought he could get away with it, he would tamper with those logs. You right. know? So, yeah. Anyway, look, I mean, at the end of the day. Well, it's nerve I, it's that, nerve wracking that they have access to that data, too. I mean, there has to be some objective chain of custody for that data for regulators because if the data all gets funneled through tesla then who's to know what's being changed if anything is being changed or like what's being modified you know like how how are you going to rely on tesla to provide you the data that could eventually you know bury tesla but the the larger point is the fact that the nhtsa has not done anything and these cars are driving themselves through storefronts they're (laughs) slamming into fucking inanimate objects they're killing people. They're sliding underneath tractor trailers and beheading people. I mean, every it's like every three days, there's a new story about <laughs> about one of these cars doing what it's not supposed to. And then in between that, in between that, you get things like the FSD beta that was released that had to be that they pulled off the market like two days later after all these videos surfaced of the fucking car just going bananas and like people constantly needing to intervene with it. So they don't have full self-driving. They don't have autopilot. Despite those being the names, the being the terms, that is not autopilot. That is not full self-driving. It's barely even fucking like assisted cruise control, right? So the names are deceptive. The cash that they took to for people to pay for these things in advance is beyond deceptive. I mean, that is like, I don't even, like, where's the Federal Trade Commission? Right, right. right. Uh, it's another one. The FTC is another one that hasn't done anything. Look, I mean, part of this is Musk is a really, really bad actor. You know, like, I think that's like a legal phrase, bad actor. And and I mean, seriously. And he is just he's like the kind of bad actor that I don't think regulators have seen, you know, since like the 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 John D. Rockefeller era. Right. So you right. Know, it's like part of it is they don't even know how to handle a guy like this. Normally, you call a company on the carpet. And the company realizes that in its own long-term self-interest to, um, you, you know, to comply. So look, I mean, look, the end of the day, 
what's going to kill this stock is just the, the number of competing EVs that are in many ways better than their cars. And a number of them are out already and more and more are coming out. And, you know, their market share everywhere is declining. And the overall pie is not going to grow fast enough to allow these guys to grow. And look, they keep continually slashing prices. They just slashed them again, um, like in Europe last week. I Probably because they're going to start importing uh, building the cars in China with those shittier batteries, those LFP batteries, which which suck in cold weather. So, you know, basically, they keep increasing volume by continually slashing prices, and they make no money. You know, if you take away the emission credit sales yeah. from last year, they lost money. They'll lose money again with no emission credit sales last quarter. It's a profitless stock pump and based on, oh, we're... We sold another 50,000 cars. Yeah, but you cut prices and you didn't make any money on them. So uh, and and if, those, credits are, those credits are all going away because, you know, by the end of this year, you know, starting into next year, almost nobody's going to need to buy any from them. They're all going to have plenty of EVs of their own. You know, maybe they'll maybe they'll get a couple hundred million next year in credit sales. But, you know, it's not going to be the, the billion and a half or whatever a year that they've been getting, which is, you know, all of their profit, you know. So, yeah, and if the stock's rise has been a, as a result of this ridiculous call option buying, which, of course, I've been talking about for t probably 24 months at this point, uh, which I do think is exactly what caused the stock yeah. to go yeah. you know, to 10x over the course of 12 months for no reason at all. But if that is the case, I mean, you got to look at what just happened with GSX. Right. I mean, GSX went from yeah. 30 yeah. to 110 on the same thing. Right. You had a guy who had GSX in his underlying equity book who spent money to buy call options ostensibly or call options were being purchased in large sums that goose the fucking underlying equity. The, <laughs> the thing fucking five X in a year. And then all of a sudden this guy blows up his book. And what happens in fucking like two weeks? The stock goes from 110 to 26. OK, so if. If it's not the re-rating as an OEM, which should have happened, you know, years ago, and I'm not confident will happen because you have so many people in this stock that don't even understand what a P.E. ratio is. But yeah. if not that, I think it's more likely that the stock will fall once that fucking, you know, gamma squeeze well, starts both. going in the other direction. Yeah, yeah, it'll, it'll be both. I mean, it will be re-rated as an OEM. I mean, look, I mean, you know, all you have to do is drive a Taycan and, and you have a diff, completely different opinion of Tesla, right? All you have to do is drive a, a Mustang Mach-E. And, you know, you may, you may want that over the Model Y or you may narrowly want the Model Y over the Mach-E, but at least you can say that Tesla's not ahead of anybody anymore, right? So, you know, as that, as that sort of, you know, permeates, if that's the word, as that sort of seeps into the community, I mean, that's, that's, that's what'll kill this stock. I mean, look, it's all, you know, it's already, pretty far off its high. I mean, right, the markets are literally at all-time highs, and, and Tesla is $740, and its high was $900. So it's, it's, I think it's in a definite decline. It's just I'm surprised, that, obviously, that it's taking this fucking long and that it bounced back to the, to the 700s from the 500s. But again, that's somebody just burning, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in call premium, right? Now, who... You know who would be who would want to do that? I can think of a That's guy. That's a good question. That's a good question. I can think of somebody. <laughs> That's a good question. You know, I'm astonished so, by the fact that Tesla went into 2019, I think, with a 60 billion dollar market cap for the whole company, and Musk's net worth went up 100 billion dollars in 2020. That is <laughs> right. astonishing. 
That's like yeah. 1.4 times the company's previous market cap in his net worth. You know? Yeah. What is going yeah. on? What's going on, well, Mark? What's the real going question, on? It's one thing to say what's going on, you know, when, you know, before all these other cars were out there selling, but but what's going on yesterday? <laughs> you know? What's going on when they are getting slammed with bad news? Even even that crazy I was gonna use the C word, Kathy Wood, that 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 woman you know, that she, wonderful woman. Keep going. She's a real She's, she's a, a wonderful woman. Come on. We don't need yeah, to call yeah. names. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah, she's she's just a fucking scammer, too. Even even when I mean, do you think she really believes this shit they put out about Bitcoin is good for the environment? It's like a trio of scammers. Her Jack and Musk put out this white paper on Bitcoin today. Right. I'm sure you saw that. But anyway, you know, she's, even day, she trading, selling, she's day trading these names in her like, you well, know, long term focused ETF. She's buying. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. So, so, yeah, we could get to that in a second. But I just wanted to say that even she dumped a ton of Tesla the last two days and somebody's buying. You know, does she call up Elon and go and go, hey, Elon, you better start buying those call options because I'm a seller. You know, who the fuck knows? I'm not I am not saying that happened. I'm just asking it as a question because I don't know. There's something going on somewhere. Yeah. And as far as what you just said, yeah. And this was other people brought this up on Twitter and I tweeted about it also is is, you know, on the one hand, she claims to have these, you know, long, multi-decade perspectives on trends. And on the other hand, she's swapping in and out of her bubble shit, bullshit stocks, you know, like a fucking leverage day trader, you know, so it's going to be it's going to be my pleasure when she goes down the way the douchebags of the 2000 Internet funds went down. The same thing's going to happen to her. And I will wow. I will enjoy it. Certainly feels like if we had to pick a first man and a first woman of the of the stock bubble, it would be Ross Gerber and Kathy Wood. I think I think if the bubble bursts, those will be the first two names that we see I, the headlines. You know, on, but, but you I know, don't know. Ross, uh, I, I, Ross is not in her category. You know, Ross is a I, I'm still I, I know it's a little bit of a stretch at this point, but. I, I'm still not fully convinced that that he's just not like a uh, you know an actor doing a parody of an idiot, <laughs> you know, like Andy Kaufman style. If you're old enough to remember, you know, Andy Kaufman would inhabit these characters and play them straight. And, well, I he's mean, he's running her playbook now. He's get you know actively managed ETFs. I mean, he's trying to oh, follow he is? in the footsteps. Yeah, I read yeah. that he's going to try to do one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, I, they're, they're they're doing the same thing, and he'll be going in and out of the same, you know. Crap. I mean, I, I, I mean, Ross to me is almost like performance art the way like, yeah. you know, I don't follow him on Twitter, you know, and I, I, I think I even I don't know if I have him blocked or not, but I just don't follow him. But but, you know, like, um, you know, our, our mutual Twitter friend Kabuko is always like pasting together his, his tweets about how his wife is friends with Z's wife. <laughs> I mean, Ross, he, he types, he, he puts these contradictory tweets up all the time. I mean, it's hilarious. I. I don't know. I, but to me, he's a sideshow, really. He's not the the main act of this trash is 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 Musk and Wood and, you know, the likes of those people, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and again, here we are with yet another instance, not only this thing that happened in Houston, but unfortunately what just happened. Well, not, you know, that was unfortunate, less unfortunate and more comedy was this tunnel that Musk built in Las Vegas. Widely reported on in the mainstream media as <laughs> hey this is nothing but people driving cars through a tunnel at 25 miles an hour which we've already have um where's the revolution where's the hyperloop where's the trucks on skates where's the anything did you see that demonstration of that vegas thing i mean i mean what, what is he doing 
Like, what, what, what is that? I mean, but for the neon lights, it was just cars driving in tunnels, which we've my had favorite, for like a hundred fucking years. My favorite guy taking down um, the, 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 the bullshit of his technology, because he doesn't focus on the financials or the lying and all that stuff, is that, you know, the YouTube, that English business is the Thunderfoot guy. You know, it's with the, you know, T-H-U-N-D-E-R-F-0-0-T. You know, you've seen his videos. He's got the most hilarious. Yeah, he's the physicist, right? The physicist, the English guy with that great English sarcastic accent. And he took that tunnel apart beautifully the same way he took apart the idea that SpaceX makes money reusing its rockets. You know, it's just for show. They don't make money. I mean, they don't make money. Somebody, I didn't realize that they were up there, but somebody posted off Bloomberg the financials. And, and as I recall, the negative free cash flow is hundreds of millions a year for SpaceX, you know? And, and it sounds as if this NASA contract, it sounds as if it's going to be taken at a loss because the way the Washington Post article said, they bid far lower than anyone else. Well, when you bid far lower, you're probably losing money, right? right. So, you know, and then, the, and then the easy payment terms. So, you know, none of these things are businesses. They're stock promotions that have made him, you know, extremely rich on paper. Um, you know, I don't, you know, and obviously, you, you know, he'll cash out at the end of the day, he'll still probably cash out at least several billion, you know, so, um, you know, whatever. But I don't really care about that. I just care that 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 this market has been allowed to be so rigged by these regulators, you know? Well, it's definitely the the NHTSA I think is the most baffling thing to me. That's that's it. I you know, I maybe well, between maybe, that I'm just and the paying, SEC, maybe I'm just yeah, paying yeah. too close attention to all of the Tesla headlines. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I'm just I'm too hyper focused on it. But I I mean I just Every time I see another one, every time I see another one, I go, how, how, like, how, unfortunately, who, who needs to die well, for it to become I mean, the, obvious? The most, telling, the most telling headline is every time there's another one, like the Houston one, like, you know, the, the NHTSA, and, and by the way, so did NTSB, but the NHTSA sent a team down there. They currently have, you know, 25 open Tesla investigations. How many fucking ones do you need? <laughs> you know? I don't know. I don't know. So, so what do you think about what do you think about Bitcoin? You mentioned earlier, you know, Kathy Wood's comments. But aside from uh, Kathy Wood's take on it, what, what do you make of Bitcoin? The fuck it. Look, you know what I think about Bitcoin? I mean, look, can I say with a thousand percent certainty that it's nothing but a virtual tulip bulb, which will, you know, just pop? No. But can I say that that there's an extremely high chance that it is, you know, with only 11 years of history behind it. Yeah, so that's what I think. I've never had a Bitcoin position. I never would have a Bitcoin position, you know, either long or short. To me, it's just another bubble of bubbles. You know, the best quote on this stuff, um, you know who John Arnold is? No, who is that? John Arnold is like a, uh, a, a multi-billionaire former, you know, energy trading hedge fund manager. He's down in Houston. And he closed his fund, walked away with $3 billion or whatever, and opened uh, the John Arnold Foundation. He's on Twitter, or John and his, and his wife's name Foundation, whatever. I think they just changed the name again. But anyway, point is, and, you know, he's basically like his foundation is, try to, try, is sort of dedicated to data-driven good government. You know, it's not Democrat. It's not Republican, whatever. But he still keeps an eye on the financial markets. I follow him on Twitter. And, like, last month he said – he said – Basically, I'm paraphrasing, but basically he said these central banks have printed so much damn money 
that they've had to invent entire new asset classes, right. you know, to squ to squander it in. <laughs> so it's like cryptocurrencies, NFTs, you know, uh, sports collectibles. I mean, he just he went through a whole list of stuff, and it's true. And that's where I think Bitcoin is. And I think when the money dries up, which eventually it will in one form or another, then Bitcoin will will, will dry up and go away. That's what I think. You know, yeah, I mean, and, you know, like you can you can say that. There's no doubt. I will not argue with the fact that the Fed created Bitcoin inadvertently. You know, it's like the Joker in Batman when at the very end he's like, "You made me." You know, it's just uh, you know, you push me into that vat of chemicals. And don't, you know, that wasn't easy to get over. And don't think I didn't try. But, um, you know, that, you know that's, the, that's way, the case. That's the case with Bitcoin. Uh, either either they created it because they flooded the system with so much hot money that somebody had to invent some bullshit and just pour it in there. Like you're saying, that's what NFTs are. I mean, that's just it's a black. It's just a black hole with a fancy name to dump money into. Fine. Or there really is a crisis of confidence brewing in the Fed and in fiat. And it was created that way. Or it was an amalgam of the two. Um, correct. I think it's an, I think it's an amalgam of, of, of the two. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, so I'm not, I'm not involved with it. As you know, I, I own, uh, although I, I traded a little more than you do, but I own a lot of gold GLD. I know you do. Um, I actually just, you know, looking at the chart, I basically caught the bottom and, and doubled our position last month. Um, you know, when it was like sort of near the, the March low, but, but that said, you know, I also use stops, so it's had a nice run lately. And if I think it's breaking down again a little bit, I'll, you know, I'll have the position again. You know, so I, I'll tell you one thing: there's nothing I feel better owning when anybody on the Fed or any central bank opens their mouth. There's nothing I feel better owning than gold. You know, my blood pressure would be boiling every time Powell spoke if I didn't own a lot of GLD. So, <laughs> well, you're the guy that argued with me like three months ago because I was saying there's never a bad time to buy gold. And I don't, and I don't agree with that. I mean, you know, there's there's a big emotional component to, to to it. It's it's it is ahead of realized inflation, and you know, people get cocky and they pour into gold, and that's the time to take some off. But if you want to talk about, you know, is it going to be a lot higher in ten years? Yeah, it's going to be a lot higher in ten years. So I'm let me let's just say that I'm trying to, you know, optimize my returns on the gold between now and ten years from now. You know, you're trading like a leveraged day trader, just like Kathy Wood. <laughs> no, not that often. <laughs> it's, it's been, I don't think I've touched the position in about a month, you know, so, um, you know, but I will touch it again if, anyway. So, but yeah, so that's, that, that's what it is. And, you know, and, and, you know, we're short, we're short Tesla, obviously we're short arc. Um, you know, we're actually having, for the first time in a while, we're having a very good year this year, which is good. Um, and then we're, you know, we're long some micro caps, but I, I can't even get thrilled about the microcaps that we have left because they've had tremendous runs, you know, and and we and I own them and I think they're going to be higher over time. But I can't say that anything is dirt cheap right now. I mean, nothing, well, the, you know, nothing the stuff I own is not right dirt cheap right now. Right. You know, so that's where it is. It's it's um, it's it's not an easy market if you're a thinking person. <laughs> you know? so. No, it definitely isn't. You you really have to disconnect your brain if you want to, you know, have great returns. And thus, accordingly, I think a lot of people who don't use their brains have had fantastic returns over the last decade. And like I was discussing on did a, a solo podcast by myself 
last week. And one of the things that I was talking about is, you know, there's a whole generation of people that have never seen a systemic financial crisis. A whole generation, you know, we're 13 years from 2008 right now. And so, you know, everybody that's working in the industry or that's trading, you know, is a retail trader aged 18 through, you know, 25 to 26, which is a huge group of people, especially giving, uh, given the uh, adoption of Robin Hood and, you know, the Wall Street bets, none of those people have really been exposed to a serious, you know, crisis that lasts more than 10 minutes before the Fed steps in, which is what happened in March of 2020. So, um, yeah. I mean, what do you think? Do you think the COVID kind of reopening tailwind here is going to carry the day and the reflation trade is going to happen? Or do you think that we are still going to, you know, that it's a sell the news event, essentially? Uh, so I, I think, I think we talked about this, uh, last time I was on, which I think was maybe in December. Um, but there's no question to me that, that, um, you, you know, the, in the U S the COVID story is, is, is almost over. Um, I, I think we will need booster shots this fall, but okay, fine. Um, but you know, by summer, I think everything's going to be back to normal. I mean, I haven't been willing to get on a plane yet, but I will in July. You know, I, I haven't been willing to eat inside in restaurants yet, but I will in July, you know, because by then uh, enough people will be vaccinated besides me that I'm not going to worry about it. Um, but we're, that's why I think we're going to have a huge inflation problem because, you know, we've got a government now that thinks money grows on trees. It's effectively MMT. And they're just going to print and print and spend and spend. And, you know, there's been a couple of guys lately uh, Lacey Hunt is sort of this famous economist, and there was another one who wrote these long pieces that this is all temporary, and then we're going to go back into deflation. But none of their pieces mentioned the fiscal policy coming out of Washington and that whole new attitude of we can just borrow and spend and borrow and spend. And by the way, you know, Biden uh, this morning talking about we're going to cut our carbon footprint in half by 2030 or something, which is you know absurd. I don't know how he's going to do that without everyone freezing to death. But but anyway, that means just massively more expensive energy. I mean, how is it right. tra- transitory if 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 they're deliberately going to make energy just far far more expensive, right? I mean, that's what's going to happen. Well, and it, this Exxon's, no, by the way, Exxon's lobbying the government now too for something like uh, I don't know, a yeah. hundred billion dollars for carbon a, capture. For, yeah, for yeah. a carbon capture plant uh, that uh, they want to, you know, and it's just like. With, like, first off, that's funny because it's Exxon. Second <laughs> off, like, where is this money coming from? Listen, nothing sake? nothing makes my blood boil more than, than these fucking climate people who continually say it's an existential crisis. We have to spend trillions and trillions and trillions. And then you ask them for a cost-benefit analysis for oh, what God. they want to do. Can't do okay, that. you want to spend okay for that trillion dollars, how much uh, slowing in temperature growth can we expect? Is it going to be one degree, two degree, half a degree? They have no fucking idea. You know what their answer is? Well, we can't just do nothing. You know what? You fucking can do. You can fucking do something else. You can, for instance, forbid people from building on the beach or tell them you can build on a beach, but you're not going to get insurance. You know, I mean, there are things you can do besides this is just pissing in the wind. None of this is going to make any difference for 50 years in temperature reduction. People can adapt. Human beings are adaptable. It gets too warm there. You move this way. It gets too cold there. You move the other way. And the planet can adapt. Yeah, they pretend 
that there is no adaptability whatsoever. And that's why my total hero on all this stuff is is that Swedish guy, right? I think he's Swedish. Bjorn, Bjorn Lomborg wrote, right? Are you familiar with him? No. Oh, so let me just recommend to your readers. Hold on one second. Let me type up the name of his book, which my, I recently read. My listeners don't read. <laughs> if we're 55 um, minutes into a podcast, they're pissed drunk right now. What do you think they're going to take out a pen and take down this name? And, he's, oh, yeah, I'll add that to my reading list. He's, he's Danish, actually. His name is Bjorn Lomborg, L-O-M-B-O-R-G. Okay. His, most recent, his most recent book is called False Alarm, okay? And he's a guy who says, I do not at all doubt that global, uh, that climate, that global warming is real. I fully accept the midpoint of the UN, you know, temperature predictions, that temperatures will increase, whatever. And now let's analyze that economically, right? So, and he says, well, if temperatures go up this much, there are various ways to deal with it. And the best, and, and he doesn't want to piss away trillions of dollars that on, on stuff that will make very little difference on temperature. He's like, listen, you know, we can give everybody free healthcare and save a lot more lives than you can by worrying if the temperature goes up one-tenth of a degree, right. you know? And He's just so eminently logical, and and I hope that things turn that way because right now it's just insane. I, I, I can I mean, assure you that they won't. Ex- what's yeah? You're probably right. There's nothing existential about climate change. If the temperature goes up two degrees, people, humans will adapt. You know, I mean, this jerk off Musk is talking about flying to Mars where the temperature is like minus 150 or whatever the fuck it is, and, and, and the oxygen is 120th, whatever, the, I don't know the numbers, but I mean, I mean there, there's, nothing, there's nothing the slightest bit close to that that would happen from the Earth warming two degrees, you know, so. Yeah, the average, the just, average temperature on Mars is negative 81, and, uh, and the atmosphere is mostly carbon dioxide, so, oh. you know, if you want to talk about. 81, you want to talk about Fahrenheit or centigrade? Fahrenheit. Minus, okay. minus 81 Fahrenheit. But I mean, do yeah. you want to talk about cost benefit of an analysis? Because, you know, there's a good place to start, right? There, it, it, oh, sorry. The, uh, the warmest it gets on Mars, uh, common value being minus 81 Fahrenheit, surface temperatures may reach a high of 68 at noon and a low of negative 243 Fahrenheit <laughs> at the poles. So, wow. and, you know, look, but you want to talk about cost-benefit analysis. I have one of we, have, we have an enormous planet here. It's a lovely yeah. planet. You know, we got plenty of space. We get, you know, all we got to do is just use our brains and do some common sense. I mean, the, the idea of like, it's just, you know, I went out with a girl a couple of years ago who was really, really smart. And the topic of Elon Musk came up like one of the first times we had ever talked to each other. And one of the things she said to me, was that she didn't like him. And I was like, oh, all right, cool. I said, me neither. Because I was a, I was kind of, a, you know, she was a musician and I was kind of like, thought she was going to be like, you know, an Elon Musk, like, super fan, whatever. But she said, I don't really like him. He rubs me the wrong way. And I said, well, what, what about him rubs you the wrong way? And she said, there's so much arrogance about him thinking that it's like his duty to conquer the solar system, you know? And like, be like the... Uh, the universe is uh, conquistador, right? Like he's gonna he's gonna go and slay Mars and and make life multiplanetary. It's like you know, just not just with this, but like with the markets, with you know anything that involves natural laws. Like we don't give any we don't give any respect to 
the universe or to God. If you if you believe in God, if you don't believe in God, you can say the universe. We just don't give any respect. We don't give respect to natural economic laws. We don't give respect to fucking the natural laws of nature as it comes to, you know, things like the pandemic and, you know, existential disasters and exogenous events. We don't give any respect to fucking like, uh, you know, the, we just, we, I don't know. There's just an arrogance about the whole thing. It, it just, it just sucks. By the way, I'm not, just going back to this smart uh, And the earth is going to be fine. The earth is going to be fine. Yes. You know, the, the, the temperature has been rising and falling. And yes, carbon dioxide emissions are up as a result of humans. There's, there's no doubt about that, right? I mean, that pretty much is not in dispute, even with the biggest climate change deniers. But it's like, what are the practical solutions going to be so that we can exactly. get, so that we can be respectful to where we live, but not not swing the gate so far in the other direction that whatever action we take becomes unduly burdensome, which is really, I mean, that's what we're doing now with the social justice activism. Everything is, we've gone so oh. far in the other direction and that's what we want to do with climate change. We just want to make these bold decisions that, well, that employ tons of money to throw at problems that we haven't thought out, which is just, it's the, it's the worst possible way to go about a problem. We should be thinking critically. Well, as I often say on Twitter... Um, the, these, these, um, uh, the climate people, they condescendingly say, I trust the science, the science, the science, the science. And then, and then you say, okay, well, the science is one thing, but now we have to put that in the context of the, the economics. All of a sudden, their science becomes religion. Right. <laughs> right? They trust the science, but, uh, but really, climate is their religion, you know? Right. Oh, yeah, the social justice, that's another one. I mean, Martin Luther King dreamed of a colorblind country, right. right? I think that is something that we should all strive for and get behind. What do we have now? We have a government and a party that wants to make every single fucking thing about race, right? right. That's of course, correct. Of course, it's a big controversy here in the, the fancy private New York City schools where, they, you know, where they're trying to indoctrinate these little rich kids about critical race theory and white people are evil and all this stuff. I mean, I mean, look at this. Look at the story last night where that cop in um, in Columbus. Right. Right. You can see the video on CNN. I mean, there were there were a bunch of people fighting. They happened to be black. These two these two two girls and one girl is literally holding a giant knife and about to plunge it into the other girl. The cop yells at her, put it down, put it down or whatever he yells. She's going. So he shoots her. And now he's getting shit for that. I mean, should he have let the one woman stabbed the, the stab the 16 year old girl stabbed the other girl to death i mean this whole thing is like use some fucking common sense people yeah, yeah that, and, and lebron you know, james you know, lebron james put a photo of that police officer idiots. out there and said he demands accountability yeah you know fucking idiot it, it's fucking just idiot. And, then he, like and then he deleted How? it and he's like oh i deleted it because it incited hate it's like no you deleted it because you realized that you know, the facts, you took a second right. to look it at the facts premature. of the case and understood that this doesn't fall under yeah. the category of every time a white police officer is involved with a black person or vice versa, <laughs> a black police officer is involved with a white person that, that, that has anything to do with race. It has yeah. nothing to do with race. It has, yeah, so, you know, so, so like, you know, are there racist cops? Yes. Okay, yeah, but like, look at the look at the George Floyd verdict. When that verdict came down, all everybody was talking about was what a great step forward that was for race relations. Meanwhile, if you watch the body cam footage of that entire incident, which I've done 
ad infinitum because I'm constantly trying to figure out if I'm missing some big thing that everybody else sees. There was nothing involved in that interaction at all that shows any evidence that there was anything racially motivated or that Derek Chauvin would have done anything different if that was a white person in that instance. Nothing. There is zero evidence that that interaction had anything to do with race but for the fact that Derek Chauvin was white and George Floyd was black. Well, and so- let, me, let, me steer, let me steer away from that specific case a little bit. I do want to say, though, that this guy Chauvin was obviously a fucking brutal, abusive cop. He had a massive number of, of civilian complaints against I'm him. I'm not now, defending him. I'm just saying yeah. what... I'm not defending him, and I support the jury's verdict, and I full throttle support the justice system. Yeah. 100%. I stand behind the verdict 100%. I'm fine with it, okay? The system works Let- the way that it's supposed to, but... All I'm saying is, what about that incident has to do with race? What evidence is there that there was anything racially motivated in that incident? Right, right. So your point is well taken. Let me frame that in a bigger picture. Um, There are around 20 uh, unarmed uh, black people killed by cops every year in this country, around 20, okay? Now, obviously that's 20 too many, I mean, it, it goes without question. You know, we have, you know, I don't know if it's a training problem or it's it just inevitably you're going to wind up with some bad cops or whatever. You know, one is too many, 20 is 20 too many, but there are thousands and thousands of black victims of black on black crime. And if you really think black lives matter, and I do think that, you know, we need to focus a lot more on that. It's got to be proportional. And by the way, you know, more white people, unarmed white people are killed uh, by cops every year than unarmed black people. Now, it is true that that white people are a higher percentage of the U.S. population than black people. But it's also true that black people commit a higher uh, pro rata percentage of crime than white people. These are just facts. You I just mean, look you know, at the data. All you got to do is right, just, look just look at, at the, the data. data. The data, data. doesn't the, so, the data so tells the, the story. Right. So the point is. And, and I've actually seen studies, and there's a study done by, like, by a, th- a couple of black guys recently, like well-known professors. They really couldn't find, you know, racial patterns in, in, in policing as far as, you know, police deaths, like un, unwanted, un, you know, unwarranted police deaths of, of people. I mean, they, they kill white people too, unarmed white people. So, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just data. I mean, the data's there, but... I, you know, look, it's you know, at some point, I mean, I think this whole country is going to hell. I think trying to divide people racially the way the Democrats are and, and for that matter, to some extent, the Republicans, you know, we're doing it. I think that's a terrible thing. I, I think I think the way the Democrats are just printing money. I think that that the way they extended unemployment benefits so that the average benefit is now in the country is now 1750 an hour tax free and now small businesses can't can't hire anybody. Right. And by the way, that's another reason why I think we're going to have a real inflation problem because they're going to have to pay more to get these people off the couch. And then at the end of those six months, the fact that those people didn't go out and get jobs, so we have a higher unemployment rate, that's going to be the justification for extending it for another six months. Yeah, it's just it's just couch. doing more harm this, than good. Exactly what we're yeah, talking about. Yeah, this whole about. thing about, about, you know, universal free money. Now Los Angeles is going to do it. And, and your friend, Free Money Yang, wants to do it here. I mean, the fact that that you've got tax-paying people who don't feel safe walking around their neighborhoods, especially actually in L.A., because there's homeless encampments on the streets. I mean, 
Clear those people the fuck out of there. If you tolerate, LA's a great place, man. Beach, perfect weather, hot chicks in bikinis. Homeless people will come there. <laughs> Homeless people will come there from all over the country to camp if you don't clear them out. What, what, what socialists, and by the way, this Democratic Party is now socialist as far as I'm concerned. What socialists don't understand is that people respond to incentives and disincentives. They don't understand that right. because they have no concept of like a market, right? That's but correct. You, yeah, they don't have a concept of a market. If you incentivize shitty behavior, you're going to get shitty behavior. If you don't tolerate shitty behavior, you're going to get a lot less shitty behavior. And they just do not fucking understand that. And I, I just find it I, I find it so frustrating that that after I you know write my frustrations on Twitter, I just try to disengage and watch a movie because otherwise it would just boil my blood. The, the bad place this country is going right now, you know? Yep. I hear you. Mark Spiegel, thank you so much, brother. I know we got a hard stop here. I want to thank you very much, though, for coming on. And let's uh, let's do it again. And no more, jokes Whenever about you my, want. no more jokes about my mom, all right? Absolutely not. Do you have a dad that I can joke about or no? Yeah, that's – no, no, no. Come on. Just leave the family right, out okay. of it. You know what I mean? All right, all right. Unless you thank want me to go in on your family members, which, you know, I can, you know, we could go tip for tap. But I just assume we'd just be civil with each other, you know? we, we It's too much division, Mark. It's too much division. Uh, all right, All right, brother. Anytime. Take to care. Talk Thanks. to you soon. That was the one, the only Mark Spiegel. I hate to admit it, but he's a respectable guy. He's a respectable guy. I asked him politely. I said, hey, man, I think he may cross the line there. He said, all right, no problem. No problem. Nice to have him back on. I got a bunch of great stuff planned for the podcast coming up. Thank you guys so much for chilling. Oh, look what just crossed the wire here. Consumer reports in experiment Model Y automatically steered along painted lane lines, but system did not send out a warning that driver's seat was empty. Well, that's a fucking problem, isn't it? Senators raised questions about Tesla safety in letter to NHTSA. Good, fuckers. Anyways, all right, I am the fuck out of here. I got shit to do. I got to call in two minutes. Folks, I have a life outside of you. I know you can't believe it, but I actually have things going on. I have big things going on. All right, I'm out of here, folks. Peace.